matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trash Mouth, and today will be my first episode featuring some fellow podcasters, and it'll be co-host Ben and Greg of one of my favorite podcasts, Neon Brainiacs. Their podcast is available anywhere mine is, and they've been around for about three years, and they've covered a ton of awesome 80s horror movies as well as some not-so-awesome 80s horror movies. You can also check out my episode where I was a guest over on their podcast, and we covered... Uh, the 1986 or 87, we're uh, not quite sure. Uh, John Michael Thor classic, Zombie Nightmare. So make sure you go check that out as long as all their other episodes. You got a ton of catalog if you haven't been checking them out. So make sure you do so. Go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And here's the interview. So how's it going, guys? Thanks for coming on the show. What's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, Tim. Of course. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, you guys were the first podcast I've guessed on, which is... The only podcast I've guessed on so far, but there's a few that I've got plans to jump on, you know, sooner or later. Really? We, we, uh, your podcast guest virginity was on, uh, (laughs) Neon Brainiacs. (laughs) Wasted on Neon Brainiacs, probably. (laughs) It's like, it's like the. Now, I, uh, it was more wasted on a, uh, John Michael Thor was in it more than anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. John Michael Thor. That's right. We were talking about him and his his beautiful body and uh, and hair and all that on our on our show. Yeah, it was uh, quite a treat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys uh, mind telling the guys you know what your show is about and you know what inspired you to start it up? Sure, Greg. Greg, you're good at this. Go for it. <laughs> I, I was gonna say you always defer to me for this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Ben and I are the hosts of Neon Brainiacs. It's a, a horror podcast all about '80s horror. Uh, we've been around roughly almost about three and a half years at this point. So uh, you know, we've got uh, I think over 170 episodes at this point. So yeah, you can find us pretty much anywhere you find the show you're listening to right now. But yeah, as far as um, like kind of what prompted us to start the show, um, I, I can't remember if I've told this story before, but. Um, you know, Ben and I have, uh, you know, played in a couple of bands together and, um, you know, the, the band pummeled that we were doing, uh, most recently our uh, mm-hmm. practices would basically devolve into, you know, we'll play a song and then we'll just talk about horror movies for roughly 45 minutes, play <laughs> yeah. another song, rinse and repeat. Um, and then eventually I was like, Hey, I've really been wanting to start a podcast. Maybe we should just like, you know, try to start one about eighties horror movies, uh, because, you know, it's a decade that both of us grew up on. And, uh, you know, I figured, Hey, it's a good way for me to watch a bunch of movies I've never seen. And, uh, we tried it out and, uh, here we are. Yeah. Oh yeah. And congrats on three and a half years for sure. Yeah. We tried it out and we've never stopped. So (laughs) just can't, can't quit talking about good and bad movies from the eighties. So, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah, and even though it's a decade, I don't know if you can actually run out of 80s horror movies. It's pretty infinite. <laughs> no. 
I've got a I've got a uh, like a a letterboxed list saved that has roughly about 1300 titles on it. So we'll be doing this until we're old and gray or just decide to stop doing it. <laughs> you know, always just do a sequel show and just uh, move on to another decade or something as well, you know, if it does hit that, but I, you know, I doubt it. But I, I don't think that's... the human body is meant to last that long. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> It'd be like uh Barnacle Boy and Mermaid Man still trying to do shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, funny enough, that's kind of what we look like now. So. <laughs> But do you guys, uh, are you still active in Pummeled, or is that something that you guys just used to do together? It's like semi-active. We were actually talking about uh, getting back on the horse uh, because, I mean, we're sitting on, what, close to like two dozen songs uh, that we haven't had a chance to really work through yet. But once COVID happened, that kind of, you know, put a put a stick in the spokes of, uh, of that plan. But uh, maybe someday. Yeah, we had, we had basically lost uh, our bass player. She moved away. And weirdly, just just like I I, th- I think there was just some apathy initially about like finding another bass player where it's, you know, because like when you get somebody in a band, it's almost like you're auditioning like like a new friend, you know, and it's like it was it was tough yeah. enough to get her in the band. And like we, we got along so well and all this kind of stuff. It was it was really great. And um and then we were like, oh, man, we got to do this again. And then we just kind of like pushed it off. And then I got busy with a lot of film stuff and we were busy doing the podcast. And then, yeah, the world ended, you know, last uh, earlier this year. So it just, yeah, it just got kind of put on the back burner, but, you know, not not totally dead. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I look forward to hearing some stuff if y'all, you know, get back to rolling on it for sure. Do you, uh, and Greg, do you have another, you have another project you play drums for, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, yeah, I do have, um, a, a band, uh, Rabid Pigs. It's like a straight edge power violence band, uh, that I've been doing on and off, uh, for about eight years at this point. Uh, for the last few years, it's basically just been like a studio project. Um, you know, members have come and gone, but I've always kind of had it like an affinity for writing stuff like that. Um, so I ended up putting out a couple, uh, releases where it was just me, like that played on everything. Um, another thing too, that I'm kind of hoping to get back into once it's, you know, safe to be around other people. Oh yeah. I didn't ask what kind of, you know, for the people, well, uh, well you actually said, uh, power violence for that band, but what, uh, about the pummeled band, what kind of, mu- you know, music would you, we you get compare really that to? compared to helmet a lot. So like that kind okay. of vibe, I I don't know. I don't I don't even know what it spreads across a couple genres, right, Greg? I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of like um, you know, obviously like both of us have a very healthy um, you know, influence of Nirvana just on our lives and like um, you know, bands like Helmet, um, Tad, Melvins, um, kind of like the heavier side of like that '90s grunge era is where we've kind of pulled a lot of influence for the stuff we've written. Oh yeah, and uh, Ben, you make you said you uh, you're a filmmaker. Do you mind telling me about some of the films that you've made and you know about your uh, production company? Sure. Yeah, I'm a part of a collective of of a few filmmakers called BPO Films that I do with uh, my buddy Ryan Littner and Blake O'Donnell. Um, we've been making films together, uh, we figured out for about 10 years now. And, you know, Greg has taken part in, in some of the post-production side of that, that as well. We've, uh, we've put out a, f- a few movies, uh, a few of them have gotten, uh, some distribution, uh, most notably Slaughter Drive, uh, which is like a slasher comedy we did 
uh, a few years ago, got put out by um, SRS Cinema, who um, yeah. puts out a lot of really great stuff. Um, it's currently streaming on Amazon Prime. If anybody's curious or you know you want to buy a physical copy, that would be cool too. Did just recently get reviewed on uh, Joe Bob Briggs' uh, website as well, so we were pretty uh, pretty stoked about that. Not from the man himself, somebody that works for him, but. Uh, I mean, we were still stoked to be on JoeBobBriggs.com. And it was a nice review, too, so mm-hmm. I can't complain about yeah. that. Yeah, But yeah, Slaughter Drive's out there. Uh, we're filming a couple movies right now. Uh, one of them's in post-production. One is currently in production. And um, we also have this really funny uh, mockumentary on Amazon Prime as well called Suckfest, uh, which is about promoting Slaughter Drive. Uh, it's it's pretty funny. Uh Kind of flew under the radar earlier this year. A lot of people haven't checked it out yet. So, yeah, if you're looking for something funny to watch, uh, if you want to see a bunch of horror nerds try to, you know, promote their movie, uh, it's it's pretty funny. Hell yeah. And uh, I got a kind of a funny story about Slaughter Drive. I've tried to watch it uh, when I was in the hospital waiting for my wife to give birth because she was uh, being induced. Oh, my God. So I was watching movies on my phone. <laughs> and uh, let's just <laughs> – Let's just say I was a little uncomfortable with the nurses walking in and me having my phone during the be- little bit of the beginning scene. And stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, um, they're like, hey, this this guy's wife's having a baby and uh, there's some some boobs on his phone over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's like some chick's getting railed on the dude's phone while his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not suitable for hospital waiting rooms, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, it, it's it's fun. We had fun making it, that's for sure. No, it was awesome. So uh, if you guys don't mind, uh, we could jump into the horror movies. You know, what's uh, your favorite horror movie of all time? And we could start with you, Greg, since we were just discussing uh, the filmmaking. Well, um, I have a couple, and there is a, uh, there's a bit of a through line in all of these. Um, you, you know, basically, um, you know, depending on the kind of day I'm having, I either reach for Night of the Creeps or Halloween three as kind of like a, you know, a, a comfort horror movie. And, uh, yeah. you know, people that are familiar with these movies will, will see that the through line is the patron saint of Pittsburgh, Mr. Tom Atkins. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Our, our, uh, um, unofficial father. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those two are just like so fun. So rewatchable. Um, just expertly done. And uh, yeah, I, I think they're two of the best movies to come out of the 80s period. Yeah, Halloween 3 is a favorite of mine. Have y'all seen the shirt out there that says Halloween 3 sucks? And then in like small print, it says, uh, if you think Halloween 3 sucks, it's because Tom Atkins fucked your mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That's fantastic. I, I need that shirt. Yeah, I, I need that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm a big Tom Atkins fan myself. Uh, he popped up in a movie recently. I think it was that movie Trick. I don't know if you guys saw that, but not not a great of not that great of a film. But of course, it was nice seeing him pop up in something new. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I, I tried to, see that one. to watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not horrible. It just kind of uh, I don't know. It's just kind of you know falls in the middle of the pack as far as movies go for sure. But it has quite a few people as far as like uh, you know it has like Jamie Kennedy in it. It's got Tom Atkins in it. A few other people, but like I said, it's kind of forgettable, so I don't remember. Yeah. But well, Jamie Kennedy's in it now. I gotta watch it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Malibu's most wanted, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> that movie's actually kind of tight, though. Yeah. <laughs> King Kong ain't got shit on me. I was just thinking about that. I got Game Cast. <laughs> 
So uh, what about you, Ben? What's uh, would you say is your favorite horror movies or horror movie? I mean, it's it, obviously it's tough to narrow it down to one. Um, I mean, if I if I had to pick one that just takes all my sensibilities and my favorite shit about the genre and and and, and my I mean, my love for comedy as well, probably the most one of the most influential movies in my life is Evil Dead Two uh, from the one and only Sam Raimi. Um, Hell yeah. I just I love that movie. It's it's uh, you know like Greg mentioned, it's kind of like comfort food for me. I could put it on any time of day and 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 laugh at it and get grossed out and and just fall in love with it all over again. Um, it was just one of those ones as a kid jumped out on on the horror shelf. You know, it has that awesome front cover with the skull on on the front, just kind of peering over at you and. Um, you know, it wasn't until after I had seen Army of Darkness when I was a kid that, you know, somebody had told me, like, dude, you know, this is actually like a sequel. And, you know, right away I I figured out how to track down a copy of Evil Dead 2. And, yeah, it's just been a love affair ever since. I mean, I just uh, really, really love that movie. It's just one of my all-time favorites. Oh, yeah. Now, that one's definitely a classic. And, and highly beloved uh, now, especially, like, I would say I'm uh, I'm recording this after recording maybe like 47 episodes of this podcast, and out of all those guests, that movie would like if I had to like get a top five movies mentioned, that movie would definitely be in the top five movies. It's probably not like everybody's favorite, but it's like one of the secondary movies like everybody always brings up as uh, you know like one that they love to revisit and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just That's it's awesome. it's perfect. You know, it's just really there's no flaws. And it's hilarious. It's gross. It's scary at times when it needs to be. I mean, and I mean, come on, Bruce Campbell. I mean, I, I don't need to be uh, the millionth guy on a podcast <laughs> talking about how great Bruce Campbell is in that movie. But I mean, it. He just is. I mean, there's a reason why everybody talks about him, um, and that movie's definitely part of it. So, yeah. Yeah, and that movie, I. I could see where growing up, you know, you would just love it for being fun and everything. But as you become a filmmaker, I could see where you would like gain a new respect for it as well, being so low budget and like, you know, pull up their britches and made it themselves. Yeah, I mean, just it, it's super inventive. And uh, Sam yeah. Raimi has a style of his own that uh, many people have copied since. And once again, there's a reason for that, because it's, it's just fucking great, you know, and uh, big fan of the guy. I think he's uh, a genius. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't. I listened to the episode where you guys covered it on your uh, show, but I don't know if you guys actually mentioned the, you know, the uh, eventual remake slash sequel. Did you guys enjoy that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, yeah. No, it was you guys fine. didn't. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm in the same boat. I, I thought it was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like it was. It was decent. Um, but you know, you just you take it for what it is. You know, it's 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 a remake. They're generally never better than. Uh, the original. I mean, I mean, I think the only remake that I like uh, more than the original is John Carpenter's The Thing, really. But um, you know, like for for the most part, um, you know, it is what it is. They they tried to do what they could with it. I mean, it could have been a lot worse, that's for sure. So, see, I'm usually pretty like big on remakes. Not in you know, oh, I wish they would just remake everything, but like I definitely like the Thing remake. You know, John Carpenter's The Thing more than the thing from another yeah. world. Um, Chuck Russell's The Blob. Uh, I prefer the Night of the Living Dead remake, the Dawn of the Dead remake, uh, The Fly. Um, but yeah, I just thought that one was like, okay. It just doesn't really, 
it, it doesn't scratch the itch more than the original trilogy of Evil Dead movies. And I get what you guys are saying. It's like it almost was. Uh, it's kind of it kind of fell the same trap as like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. It was almost like trying to tell mm. the same story, but just make it more brutal and gritty and stuff like that. But overall, they didn't better anything. It was just like how gory and disgusting can we make it now that we got this budget and shit like that? Yeah, I, which I, it was quite. <laughs> like again, and, and yeah. I guess that kind of speaks to what Greg is saying. I think like the best remakes are the ones that like are actually like, oh, you know what? This could use a remake. You know I mean? This could use an update, you know, or, you know, take the story and kind of further it a little bit or, you know, put your own kind of twist on it. When it is like Texas Chainsaw or, uh, you know, even like Hills Have Eyes or, or some of the other ones where like, yeah, it's basically the same thing. It's just glossier and, you know, it's got actors from the cw in it or whatever you know what i mean and it's like eh, you know it's just not as it's yeah. it's fine but you know it, it's it's not a fucking ass hair on the original basically you know what i mean so yeah and it's not like uh which i know this one's kind of polarizing but i actually highly enjoy it but like the Suspiria remake it's at least a whole new story kind of based with like the same lore and mythology of the original stuff so it's you know it's like at least they actually did something original and new with it you know it wasn't like Let's just see how, you know, we could plug these high name, like with Carrie, they were just like, let's plug high name actors into the same exact story and do it again. And like, like what the fuck was the point yeah, of Carrie? Exactly. Remake? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I did like that one though. Yeah. It's not awful, but uh, it just felt very, that one felt very unnecessary for sure. Yeah, with all I, the uh, thousands. I mean, well, like, you know what, you know, what wasn't, wasn't bad was the, the child's play one that came out. Uh, earlier oh, this year yeah because that was again uh, something like like yeah they took the basic idea but then they they pushed it in other directions it, they they surprised me with it it wasn't just the same thing you know so like i i appreciate yeah. when remakes can do that um but yeah no not so much when it's just you know an entire you know retread of of the original movie it's like hey, all right you know i've seen that before yeah and uh, so you guys are pretty much kind of, you know, like you said, you guys talk uh, strictly 80, uh, strictly 80s horror movies instead of, you know, remakes and stuff like that. What's some other like newer horror movies? And by newer, I mean, you know, just the past couple of decades, you know, 2000s on that you guys really enjoy and uh, love to revisit. Oh, boy. Um, I haven't revisited it yet, but um, the 2018 Halloween, I, I went and saw opening day. Uh, at Monroeville Mall, and it was probably one of the most fun uh, theater-going experiences uh, I've ever had. Like, I I thought it was incredible. I other than that, I don't really watch too much that that has come out. I did enjoy the Child's Play remake. Um, yeah, I don't know. Technically, Scream Three came out in two thousand. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely a, a few for me. I, I was a big fan of the Year Next movie that came out oh yeah uh, in 2013 i i thought that one was a ton of fun and i still feel like is uh sort of ridiculously underrated that, that was another one that like didn't have a huge budget and they managed to really make it exciting and and fun and, and kind of funny in parts too which i wasn't expecting um uh, I, I, I really liked, there's another one, uh, called we are still here. It's like kind of a newer, uh, ghost mm -hmm. kind of story. That's actually kind of brutal in parts too. I thought that was a really interesting, you know, newer horror film. 
And then, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe like the House of the Devil. I thought that one was pretty neat, even though that's kind of like like a throwback, oh, yeah. you know, eighties thing, which these days I feel like has been done to death a little bit. But at the time, it was pretty fresh when it came out. That one was pretty neat. I think Ty West is an interesting uh, filmmaker. Those are just three that come to mind that I I really liked over the past past few years. I don't know how I totally just blanked on Trick or Treat ha- having come out within the last like 15 years because like that's one of my favorite movies, period. Oh, hell yeah. The uh, anthology with like Sam and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's really fun too. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. And immediately I feel like it uh, became one that everybody throws on around Halloween time. You know, I rewatch it quite often uh, myself, but definitely make sure I watch it every October now. I, I've probably been watching it, yeah, at least once in October for the last, like, maybe three or four years. And I swear to God, I catch something new every time I watch it, even this year. Hell yeah. Now, and do you guys, uh, would you say you guys get stuck watching mostly 80s movies because of the podcast? Like, you don't have time for a lot of the newer stuff? I mean, I, I tend to, to watch just about anything. I mean, if it looks interesting to me, I will check it out. I mean, we do, yeah, we're at least doing at least one podcast a week. Uh, when we're recording. So yeah, there's always at least something from the eighties. I have to watch, uh, at least every week of my life. So yeah, I mean, we, it's, it's quite, quite a bit of that. Yeah. Quite a bit. I, I will sometimes like kind of get stuck in like an eighties rabbit hole where I'm just like, Oh, I'll just, you know, kind of cheat a little bit and basically be like, Oh, I've been meaning to watch this movie. I wonder if it's any good. And eventually we'll do it on the show, but I have kind of been branching out a little more. Like, um, I know, Recently on the show, I brought up the movie Baby Boom with Diane Keaton. That's like, you know, just like a a dramedy from like 1987. So, I, you know, I do eventually, you know, kind of poke my head out of the cave of 80s horror movies and watch something, you know, that's a little socially acceptable. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't blame you at all. Uh, My wife kind of makes me do that. So every in between all horror movies, it's either The Office or a reality (laughs) show. (laughs) A lot of catfish. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> you know, if, if we're talking talking remakes and, and newer horror movies too, I'll I'll go to bat for that uh Friday the thirteenth one that came out uh oh, yeah. a few years ago. I know it gets it gets yeah. unfairly, I think, shit on by a lot of people, but I don't really understand what more they wanted in a Friday the thirteenth in two thousand nine. I mean like it basically gives you everything you could ask for and it doesn't just retell the original movie you know it was like a good like amalgamation of like probably parts like two through like four you know what i mean like that kind of that kind of jason vibe and i thought that one was pretty good i um i mean granted again like we meant like not perfect but it was a fun time at the theater when I went to go see it. I, I mean, people were hooting and hollering. It was I was doing a little bit of that myself. So yeah, it was. I I had a good time <laughs> with it. I'm I'm like really pissed off that there hasn't been a new Jason movie because that movie made like like a shit ton of money. I'm just like so. All right, we're gonna get another one of these in a couple of years, and we just never did. So I'm like, right, yeah, well, whatever. Have you, you know? seen any of the fan films that Vin DeSanti has been doing, like Never Hike Alone? I've seen those. They're they're neat. You know, I just I, I want a fucking movie, mm-hmm. man. I want the I, I, I want to go to the theater and see. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. Theaters might be extinct by the time they make another one. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I at least go to the drive in. So, you know, yeah, apparently that's one of those that the rights have just been like uh, up in the air for so long that that's why they can't get shit made for that. Yeah, there's a big, mm-hmm. big uh, lawsuit going on with Victor Miller and uh, uh, Sean Cunningham. So, yeah, everything's all tied up. 
it's like, all right, guys, you know, it's like they both took their toys and, and went home kind of deal, you know. Yeah. Like, if I can't play, nobody's going to play. All right, here we go. You know, like, great. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. And I'm, uh, I meant to ask you guys earlier, but uh, do you mind going over some of the segments you guys do at the beginning of your podcast? Well, uh, when we started doing it, you know, Joe Bob Briggs was a, a big influence on us. And like, you know, we were sort of aping Joe a little bit when we started doing it. And then like Joe came back, you know, it was like, oh, shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like we we're like, oh, well, well, we, we kind of have egg on our face a little bit, you know, but when we started it, we were like, it's going to be like Monster Vision, but like, you know, a podcast, you know? Yeah. And um, then, yeah, Joe decided to fucking come out of retirement and, and get on shutter and everything like that. So yeah, we have a very similar segment to the drive-in totals that Greg has dubbed Greg's gore checklist that we do every week. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's a fun one. I mean, obviously I'm a little uh, tighter on my rules. Uh, you know, I, I basically just tally up like how many people die and how they die. You know, I don't, I don't count how many boobs are in the movie or anything like yeah. that. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's always been fun. It's just, like, I, I make no bones about, like, that's me literally, you know, paying homage to the drive-in totals for Monster Vision. So, yeah. you know, I, I've always had fun with that. And we've actually even had some friends that we've met locally that, you know, have made, like, some really cool, like, uh, videos that we share on our, like, social media, like Instagram and Twitter and everything uh, that kind of correspond with those that have actually just... You know, if there was any doubt for me to be like, nah, I don't know if I should do this anymore. Like seeing these videos that like our friends are making is like, I will never stop making these because the things that people make around them are so fucking cool. Hell yeah. No, I definitely uh, have heard you mention several times, you know, where you compare your list uh, to Joe Bob and stuff like that. And uh, even dead meat at times, you know, for the kill count and stuff like that. But do you, um, you guys also do a, uh, what have you been listening to and what you've been watching? Uh, do you guys kind of mind explaining a little bit about that just for the people listening? Um, it started to basically replace another segment that we axed uh, about a year, year and a half in. What Greg used to do, um, what was it called? Ro- uh, what do we call it? Resume that? corner. Resume corner. Yeah, where <laughs> Greg would like you know talk about all the people who were in the movie and what other movies they were in. Mm. And um, I think some listeners, uh, at least from what Greg was saying, because I, I don't. Uh, Greg sort of mans the uh, social media, so I didn't see any of this, but I guess they were like, oh, this is annoying or whatever, so we just stopped doing it, and then we were like, well, what are we going to do? And we are like, oh, we just talk about some of the you know shit we've been watching lately or you know, kind of keep it topical a little bit, and that's basically where that where that came from, unless unless I'm off base here, Greg. I, I feel like that's what, where that segment you know was, was sort of born out of. That, that's pretty much all right. Uh, I, I will say, too, it would take me roughly like an hour on like a good day to like do resume corner. So like, yeah, it's like, you know, we were taking up like a half hour before we would actually get into the movie. But then like it was a lot of fucking work. So I was like, I'm not really too precious about this. So um, I, I was also a big fan of the Shockwaves podcast when they were around. Um, and I know they would kind of do like the round table, like what you've been watching things. So uh, I, I basically thought it was a, a an excuse to talk about movies that we've been watching uh, that weren't the ones we were doing for the show. But then also we could like talk about records or like TV shows or, you know, stuff like that. And uh, I feel like that's gotten us a lot of really cool feedback because there have been people that are like, oh, man, I didn't realize you guys were like in hardcore. I heard you talk about like Mind Force and like, you know, all this other stuff. So kind of like. 
it, it gives us something more to bond with people over where it's like, oh man, I listened to this record because you said it sounded like this band and like, you know, I, I, I fucking love it. It's so cool. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, not only are we trying to, um, you know, show people movies that they may not be aware of that are worth watching, but, you know, also taking in other stuff like music and TV shows like that too. Yeah. And the same goes for like, you know, indie film as well. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of indie filmmakers and we, I know Greg and myself tend to try to find some of the more low budget kind of things that are going around and, you know, give these guys a, like a little bit of a showcase, you know, and be like, Hey, I checked this out and yada, yada. So it's just, it's just a way to plug some stuff that, you know, you normally wouldn't be able with that we, that we weren't doing before, basically, you know, we were just talking about the movie itself. So. Mm. Oh yeah. And what made you guys decide to, uh, end with the eighties nugget? Uh, that was, that was me. I, when we started doing it, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, Oh, I, I think it'd be cool if I just like recommended a, a movie from the eighties that wasn't horror, yeah. you know, because I have a pretty vast collection of, uh, obscure and mainstream, you know, eighties movies. And, uh, basically just a chance for me to, uh, you know, kind of vomit up all the useless knowledge that I have about all these kind of movies. And a lot of them tend to, to star, you know, John Candy or Bill Murray or Chevy Chase, Eddie Murphy. Those are like sort of, uh, the godfathers of comedy, in my opinion, um, at least eighties comedy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot about that kind of stuff, so I just it was just an excuse for me to talk about it. No, I feel you. Sometimes it's nice to be able to talk about it in little doses without having to do like a whole other fucking podcast just to talk about comedy movies and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, probably people get a little bit more info behind the scenes than they'd want, but you know, I'm sure there's like you know two to two and a half people out there that that want to hear about it. So there you go. <laughs> I really enjoy my. I mean, that's basically the point of a podcast, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as long as you're happy. Like, as long as you're smiling about it, that's all that matters. <laughs> it's like, do you want to know all about Bill Murray's failed drama that came out uh, for Ghostbusters called The Razor's Edge? Well, you came to the right place. <laughs> I see the listeners as like a wee, uh, a wee crowd. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> <I was> playing, <laughs> yeah. Like, hit home runs in the uh, wee baseball back in the day and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we talked about... Uh, you know, recent horror movies. What about the seventies? I know you guys don't really get to go back uh, to that decade either, but it, you know, it's a big decade for horror. Is there any from back then? I know there's some uh, big classics, but is there any like uh, lower level ones as well that you guys really enjoy? Me, not so much. I usually just kind of reach for the classics, like you know, Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, Phantasm, yeah. Dawn. Uh, I know we mentioned Carrie earlier, Black Christmas, that kind of stuff. I feel like I've almost been burned too many times on like obscure eighties horror movies that I'm like, ah, oh, seventies ones. There's no possible way. Those are good. Yeah. And I have been burned quite a few times. Like, uh, I think three on a meat hook I watched and I was like, why do people like this fucking thing? It was awful. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I tend to just kind of stay, uh, you know, stay in the, stay in the slow lane as far as seventies horror goes. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll second that. A lot of the ones that Greg mentioned definitely on, on my list, you know, I'd, I'll put like Alien on that list. I mean, that was a big mm -hmm. uh, kind of game changer movie for when I was a kid because I had really no idea about it. And my dad was like, huh, hey, wait till you see this shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> probably way too young to be seeing it. Um, I, I'll throw like kind of a deep one out there that like, I don't know if it's necessarily horror, but it's definitely like suspense thriller kind of thing. But uh, another one my dad showed me when I was probably too young was uh, Marathon Man uh, with uh, 
Dustin Hoffman, which is, I don't know, again, not a horror movie per se, but mm. it is terrifying. And um, that's just one of those movies that always kind of stuck with me. And I feel like people kind of forget about that one. And um, yeah, I just, uh, I think that one's really good. Could uh, you say what it's about without giving it away? Because I've never heard of that one. Ooh, Marathon Man. Okay. Um, it's like kind of a little bit of a conspiracy thing, a little bit of like a big brother kind of thing. Um, okay. Where, let's just say, you know, Dustin is put in this situation where his brother works for the government and, you know, there's some, some let's just say some nefarious people are looking for something that they think he has information about. So and it's kind of like the uh, underbelly of, of government workings and things like that. It, 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 I'm making it not sound very good, but it, it is, it is good. <laughs> so it's the best thing, way I could put it without giving it away too much, but... It's a uh, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, I'm uh I'm right there with you guys. Other than a few obscure ones, like uh, I'll probably check out Marathon Man for sure. That sounds interesting as shit to me. But um, and plus you said it's Dustin Hoffman, right? Yeah, Dustin Hoffman, yeah. uh, really great role. Uh, Roy Scheider from Jaws in that. Oh, uh, yeah. William Devaney, um, is in that. Uh, I'll throw another one out there. Uh, Spielberg's uh, first movie uh, that he ever made, Duel. You ever seen Duel? I guess that'd be considered sort of a horror movie about this guy on a, on a road trip and he's just being menaced by this truck, this giant truck that's just chasing him around the desert, which sounds ridiculous, but like it's genuinely terrifying in parts and really seeing early Spielberg, you know, do what was supposed to be just like a TV movie. I think it did air in, in on TV here in the states but it was actually released theatrically overseas because it was so fucking good yeah you know the guy was just on fire but yeah that's another one uh from the 70s i, I really like a lot hell yeah i love tight thrillers i mean i just i love that kind of stuff i i i, I love real situations things that could really happen and when they're told in a suspenseful way i i i, I get excited about it <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. That's uh, I enjoy that stuff as well. That's kind of like uh, with Alien. It's not like realistic, but the uh, the whole suspense of being stuck on the ship is like some of the scariest part to me. Like it's not has nothing to do with the fucking uh, alien. Once they're like, you know, the the possibility of like the ship no longer being able to like you know go and everything like that. Once it starts to like fuck up, I'm like just being trapped out there in the middle of space is scarier than anything. <laughs> well, I think that's what what makes it uh, so scary. Yeah. Is, is Thing, things like that. I mean, yeah, you have this fantastical element of the alien, um, but it's told in a grounded sort of way, you know, like like a like as grounded as it can be as far as like a crew on a spaceship in the future. But, you know, it's not, you know, like, you know, just a bunch of nonsense. You know, it's 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 told in a, in a in the most realistic way possible. And that and I think that's why why it's good and why it resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And the only one I want to add to that is uh, Tourist Trap. That's a good 70s one for sure. Oh, fuck yeah. I do like that Ooh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any mannequins and things like that always fucking freak me out, man. Always. Yeah, and the Pino DiNaggio score is uh, pretty good, which I think he did the score for Carrie, if I'm not mistaken, the Brian De Palma Carrie. But... Pino DiNaggio. Sorry, I had to do <laughs> Joe Bob for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's... uh. That's one of my, uh, that's what introduced me to Torch Trap was the Joe Bob uh, marathon when he showed it. So and then ever since then I've just been in love with oh, it. Nice. So I've, you know watched it a couple times. But 
the very early role for uh, Neon Brainiac's uh, matron saint, uh, Linnea Quigley. Oh, really? She's in that movie? Yeah, I think she's got some like uncredited role. I think she might play one of the mannequins or something oh, yeah, stupid. That's right. She's in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then you got, uh, which she's not really that much of a scream queen, but uh, Bond girl Tanya Roberts. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, also, that 70s. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Pinciotti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Midge. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I saw that, I was like, why does her voice sound so fucking familiar? And then I like finally put two and two together. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I can't watch that movie without thinking about the gratuitous Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> More movies need gratuitous Dr. Pepper, if you ask me. More gratuitous Dr. Pepper, less big milk. <laughs> yeah, less big milk, oh, of course. Yeah. 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 But uh, so you guys said that people, you know, relate to you uh, through music a lot from the band you bring up. Do you guys mind, uh, you know, tell me a few of like your favorites? I know that's kind of hard to narrow down, but, you know, they don't have to be, you know, a heavy genre, but just, you know, some of the bands that, you know, like if they're coming to town, you have to go see and stuff like that. Well, not now, obviously. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, some of my go tos, uh, you know, probably arguably my favorite band, Sonic Youth. Um, oh, yeah. I love Sonic Youth. Grew up listening to them. I mean, unfortunately, they're not together anymore. But when I see, uh, I've seen Thurston Moore when he came to town. You know, I would I would love to see one of Kim Gordon's projects if 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 they ever came by. Actually, I think she was here at the Andy Warhol Museum, and I missed it. Yeah, big uh, Sonic Youth fan. Just uh, some other stuff off the top of my head. Um, yeah, uh, like big uh we'll say like like husker do you know like uh husker do bob mold those guys mm -hmm. um they were great i mean a lot of the stuff i listen to is is i guess a lot of these bands are defunct you know um yeah. i grew up uh big time with uh nirvana was big for me i mean i was you know i'm 37 years old so like when nevermind came out i was probably like nine ten and it was definitely the first tape I ever had ever like bought on my own and I had to share it with my brother. We both uh, <laughs> had to share a Nirvana tape. So it was a lot of arguing over who was going to get to listen to it. But um, yeah, those were uh, a lot of big bands for me growing up. As far as newer stuff now, I mean, my tastes are just, just kind of all over the map. I mean, probably very similar to Greg's. Like I, I listened to just about uh, everything really. Um, but uh, some of the newer bands I've, I've been stoked on. Um, I really like that new Dive record that came out last year. I think those guys are pretty sick. Oh, yeah. Um, love Hum, that new Hum record that came out this year. Fucking incredible. Uh, arguably their their best record um, for a band that hasn't put out a record in like 20 years or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, tough to narrow down, but there, there's there's a there's a few for me. Yeah, I feel like I've got, um, you know, some through lines like um, I, I've been a big Shy Halud fan for probably got close to 20 years yeah. um, at this point. Uh, I, I kind of, you know, garnered a reputation because uh, probably between like 2007 to like 2012, uh, they came to Pittsburgh quite often. And I basically would see them anytime they played like Pittsburgh, Erie, Cleveland. Uh, I, I think to the point where like in that span of time, I think I saw them close to like two dozen times. Oh, yeah. Um, so they, they've always been a band that have resonated with me and, you know, uh, Fox and I are, you know, not good friends, but friend, you know, 
friendly. Um, yeah. And he's, you know, a, a great guy from from all of my encounters with him. Um, the band Sidetracked is is one that uh, I've been into for quite a few years. I try to collect as much uh, of their many releases as possible. They're a uh, Washington State-based, like, power violence band that kind of flirts with uh, noise collage stuff, you know, kind of sissy spacek, um, kind of, you know, noisy uh, kind of stuff, but then also can kind of do the capitalist casualties, you know, fast core uh, thing, you know, on, on separate releases. So um, I actually got a chance to do a split with them with rabbit pigs. It was uh, really, really cool. And again, Jay uh, from sidetracked is somebody I've, you know, become friends with over the years. Um, But yeah, like, you know, obviously like Ben said, I I do kind of listen to everything all over the map. I'll, Mm. You know, I'll throw on like a Sonic Youth record or like Killing Joke or, you know, like uh, Mortal Technique or, you know, any like, you know, Houston rappers from like the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I basically you, you won't find me listening to any ska anymore. That was a strictly like middle school, high school thing for me. But uh, everything else is pretty much fair game. <laughs> a big D in the kids table, man. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I I had my fair share of uh, Big D and the Kids Table shows and uh, listening to a couple of their records, uh, you know, uh, on on repeat in in high school. But I think those days are behind mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I saw him at Warped Tour a couple of times, but uh, then uh, didn't he get end up getting cancer? Didn't Big D or like you know the main guy? He's fine now, I think. Oh, I have no idea actually. Yeah, I think he ended up with cancer. I, th- well, I want to say good. he's like made it through now. Well, I want to say it was like five years ago or so, but. Yeah, I think it was uh, like a little bit in the news for a little while, but like way before COVID and everything, maybe even before Trump. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had no idea. Hey, well, uh, you know, hopefully if he did, you know, make a speedy recovery, I, I definitely wish he did. <laughs> hey, the hard time said he's finally at the adult table, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. About time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if many people know this, but I, I actually read for the hard times for, for a little bit. Didn't you do the um? Did you did you do the air conditioner one, Greg? Yeah, that's that's currently in their Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the air conditioner mistaken for new noise no wave band or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I I believe it was like a you know like the the new like noise harsh noise artist on the scene is revealed to just be a faulty air conditioner. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite articles you ever wrote. Yeah, like I, I all me baby. Yeah, I I <laughs> I love that that article. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't really talk about it. I actually usually forget that I've done it. Yeah. Now, uh, how long did you do it for? If you don't mind me asking. Not that long. I I kind of had a bit of a, a, a disagreement with uh, the the brass over there on uh, what was acceptable to joke about and what wasn't. So I ended up walking. But... Oh no, I got you. Yeah, they paid me, so it was all good. But uh, so my final question for you guys is, and uh, I'll let you guys choose who goes first because uh, one of you guys might have one faster than the other. But do you guys have any horror stories of your own? And they can be, you know, from, uh, you know, when you were making a film or, you know, uh, playing with a band or it could just be something scary as shit or, you know, and or paranormal that happened to you on your own. Oh, man, that's Ooh, good. boy. Yeah. Man, I got, man, I don't know. I mean, I got quite a lot. I don't know what I'm willing to re- reveal on the on the show. Um, so yeah, uh, I've been playing in bands for a very long time. 
as well, probably since I was like 15 years old. I had uh, some minor success in my early 20s with a band called The Vacancy. Uh, We released a couple uh, albums on uh, AF Records, which is Anti-Flag's label. Mm. Um, And around that time, uh, we were playing a lot of... Um, areas here in, uh, Midwestern or like, uh, Western PA where we're from. And we were, we were kind of traveling out to an area called Ebensburg PA, which, um, is sort of in the middle of the state. I'd say like near Johnstown area near closer to Harrisburg. Mm -hmm. Right. My, um, but, um, I'm, I'm not allowed in there anymore. I'm not allowed in, uh, the city of Ebensburg, um, and I'll tell you why. Because uh, we got booked for like a youth center show there, um, and we were guaranteed some money. And you know, when uh, we, I don't know, there was like this real stipulation, I guess, when uh, around this time that like if you were on a record label, like people thought that you like had money. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they thought like, oh, you have a record deal. That means you're like a rock star. It's like no, you're just. Somebody just put your album out. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're on, like, the Billboard chart, like, you're not, you know, raking in the dough by any means. Yeah, you probably owe so, people money more than anything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, we get booked for the show. The The promoter just under, you know, basically says he's, he's not going to pay us uh, what we were at, what we were asking. And, um, or what he actually guaranteed us to, you know, to give us. Mm. And, um they basically made us play last and usually i don't know at least around here when it came to like touring bands you'd always have like the local play last so like everybody that was there to see the local would would catch all the touring bands you know and not just go home after they saw their friend's band play yeah, the same here yada yada yeah i mean it's just that's just it's just common courtesy is what you do but like they were like no you have to play last because you're on a label i'm like well nobody even knows who the fuck we are here you know what i mean so like what yeah whatever so i'm just i'm very upset uh we end up uh playing the show and we actually used to do a couple of nirvana covers in that band we were playing i believe scentless apprentice from uh the in utero album which is kind of kind of a uh kind of whips ass it's one of those songs that like would always like it's one of those songs that would either like push me into a good place or push me into a bad place like real quick yeah and unfortunately i was already upset and so i just started like trashing my gear and just like throwing stuff around and you know going uh full kurt cobain or as greg would say kurt cobain um Mm -hmm. on my uh, equipment (laughs) and um as as i'm doing this i i knock over one of the microphones and um the kid that was running sound was like and I'm, i'm trying to put this as delicately as i can um you know we'll just say like he he looked normal but we'll just say he was like maybe just a little little slow you know what i mean that's that's the best way i could put it and i'm 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 sorry if that's insensitive but that's just the way that's just that's how he was okay but i didn't know i didn't know you know he came up and started yelling at me about the microphone and uh i it was just not a good time to approach me you know i was very upset and i sort of got in the guy's face and and whatever and this whole thing happened and the, the cops show up and and it turned out like, you know, I didn't even break the microphone. Like a kid was trying to say it was broken. I got over the soundboard. I turned up the volume and it, it works. Everything's fine. He was like trying to put one over like on the on the cops, you know, saying like I broke something. Yeah. Whatever. The cops are like, yeah, just 
just get out of here. Don't come back. And then like a month or two later, I get like a citation in the mail for all this stuff, like swearing in public and damaging equipment and all this. And I had to go to court in Ebensburg and to go out there and plead my case that I didn't break this kid's microphone. But yeah, it turns out that, you know, this kid had some uh, learning disabilities, which I didn't know. So again, it makes me look like a total ass. And um, he was like the judge's son or something or nephew or whatever. So like they just had it out for me and ordered me to pay a bunch of money for, you know, like a bunch of different equipment. They say I broke that night, uh, which I didn't. But um and it was just funny because, like, you know, I was like, well, okay, what do, what do I owe? And they were like, you owe this amount of money. I was like, well, I can't pay all that now. And, again, they, they thought I was, like, a big rock star that, like, I had all this money. And I'm like, I don't have any of this. I could pay in installments yeah. if you guys want. Like, I don't know what to tell sound. you. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. in all honesty, I mean, yeah, good career. for him. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, the kid was probably probably a nice guy, you know, whatever. I mean, honestly, the yeah. sound was 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 pretty good that night. So, I mean, you know, I mean, he was doing a great job. It's just, you know, when somebody's having a mental breakdown, it might not be like the best time in life to approach that person about your, you know, $25, you know, Akai microphone yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, save it for... When I've calmed down, you know, maybe I don't know, but uh, eh, that's probably the the worst horror story I, I got. I, I had to go to court, and yes, the judge said that I'm I'm not allowed in Ebensburg. You're anymore. danger to the state. So. <laughs> are, are I'm you a the, danger uh, to Ebensburg city. to the the yeah the township of Ebensburg. I'm not allowed there. So there you go. He's got to stay in the car uh, and sit real low and passing through. <laughs> So don't judge a book by its cover. You never know. If you're yelling at somebody, they could be the judge's son who is really struggling with life and everything, and you're just going to end up looking like an asshole like me. So there you go. <laughs> and, and and to be fair, Ben has mellowed out quite a bit since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Oh, I guess I should have told the leftover crack story. Shit. Oh, man. You can oh, tell that story if you want. Too. <laughs> we got time. All right, this one's really brief, but... uh we opened for anti-flag once and leftover crack was on the bill. And basically we went over like, you know, like, like a fart in church yeah. basically. And, um, nobody liked us. And so, uh, I started taunting cause there were a lot of like crust punks there and I started taunting them, uh, to wear deodorant. And so I started like, you know, demonstrating how to put on deodorant on the stage, <laughs> thus like getting, a ton of shoes and boots and everything just thrown at me and, and chucked at me. Um, but the silver lining in that story is that there used to be, uh, well, there still might, maybe still, there used to be a guy in town called Spaz, um, who Anti-Flag actually wrote a song about. Um, and he was always hanging out at Anti-Flag shows. And uh, he was like, you know, he's sort of a, like a flamboyantly gay kind of guy. Um, very funny, very mm -hmm. awesome dude. But uh, I was really bummed out after that show because I'd made such a scene and, you know, I actually was worried, you know, frightened for my life leaving the yeah. venue that night. But, uh, you know, I was like, uh, yeah, we didn't go over so great. And he's like, I thought you guys were great. He's like, people are fickle. 
fuck them like that and <laughs> and i i live i live by that motto to this day uh people are fickle so fuck oh yeah em. i don't blame you being scared i've seen three bands get their ass whooped <laughs> in my day oh yeah i was i was i was very lucky to get out of there alive that night yeah it was it was just one of those situations again i was young and, and dumb i mean i was probably you know 20 years old you know when, when this happened yeah. so you know and that's great. I, I've mellowed out. So I don't know if you guys remember that band, but they got beat up in Virginia Beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. oh, no. Oh, Virginia Beach. I mean, that makes total sense. Uh, actually, my story uh, involves a band. Oh, shit. From Virginia I'm not, that's Beach. where I go to shows and shit all the time. So uh, I might have seen the band depending on the time period. Before. Um, OK, so this was uh, the summer of 2009. Um, I was in a band that kind of had like a you know, uh, turmoil buried alive kind of vibe. And we toured with, um, our friends, wreak havoc who are from Cleveland and, uh, just went right down, you know, through the South into, you know, like Alabama where we played a uh, party at a, at a compound in the middle of the woods, um, where the promoter revealed himself to be a Nazi. And, um, my friend Ryan hit someone in the face with a chair. Um, <laughs> I saw somebody get a knife pulled on them and this is where our problems started. Um, we ended up linking up with a band from Virginia beach and, um, it, it was kind of not deliberate on our part. Um, and, uh, they basically played every show with us, like from Alabama down into Florida and then all the way up until the last show we played in Newport news. Um, so we ended up seeing, uh oh my god the mosh was out of control like uh people breaking cinder blocks and like you know throwing trash cans and everything which was sick because it was yeah. you know mostly innocuous um we played a festival in orlando and i saw a kid get shot in the face with a bottle rocket during hammer bros while they were playing outside um <laughs> and uh our, our guitar player's nose got broken uh, in south carolina from the friend of the virginia beach band that we were touring with uh, culminating in uh, us playing in Newport News where the band from Virginia Beach decided they didn't like the promoter, so they proceeded to destroy the, you know, like, uh, equipment hall at this, like, public yeah. pool that we played in, um, getting the uh, riot squad called. We literally had to, like, flee to the outskirts of, like, the Newport News line to evade the police <laughs> and uh it was the wildest and scariest thing i have like you, you know that was still kind of like adrenaline inducing mm. that i've ever experienced and uh yeah it was uh it was kind of wild i was miserable at the time but looking back i'm like that was i can't believe i witnessed all that <laughs> yeah do you remember the band name i was uh, they were called pushing on oh shit okay i know yeah i know pushing on they play uh most of the dudes went on the playing paper trail now but oh no way yeah uh devin i believe is from pushing on and then box there yeah i think drummer. he did vocal yeah devin did okay vocals yeah, yeah, for pushing yeah. on the lunchbox did drums i believe he might have not done drums back then but yeah i think he did drums in 09 oh no yeah I, th I think he was drumming for them at the time yeah they pretty much uh devin plays guitar now i think because he was playing bass and swapped and then they've had a bunch of lineups uh changes but it's pretty much those dudes and uh, 
Aaron Bagby from Legend for a while, and then like when Aaron Bagby and Abacab, and then when Aaron Bagby dipped, they kind of like changed lineups up and got like another VB dude. So, but yeah, that's pretty much what uh, Paper Trail is now is like pushing on dudes. So, yo, you really just referenced Abacab right now. That is fucking just sending me reeling <laughs> into the past. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Abacab. <laughs> that's a band that needs uh, to do another tour for sure. But uh, no, those. Uh, I remember pushing on played a show with Bane, and I don't think Bane ever got to play because like fights just broke out 100 percent because pushing on was shooting a music video, and it was at like a local uh, so, oh, oh, like, church yep. venue. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I remember watching that video, just going, "Wow, that looks dangerous." Yeah, now they definitely uh, had a reputation around here, not like a bad one, but they were just like super big around here. Like they were they're you know huge around here, and now Paper Trail's pretty big, but. Much respect to Devin and stuff, though, because like my band was a little bit more metalcore, but they were definitely we were more like hardcore influenced than most metalcore, like around Virginia Beach and stuff. But he used to book us on a lot mm-hmm. of shows with like Paper Trail and stuff like that because he knew that we would fit in. So, so yeah, that's like he was uh, he was nice. It was just you know the the, the chaos around us that was like uh, I don't know if I trust you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you there for sure. But uh, but I appreciate cool, though. I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, do you want to promote anything you know coming up on you know? either neon brainiacs or any other projects you're working on or even just a friend's project you might want to promote i'm just going to promote myself uh yeah you could check out (laughs) (laughs) uh you could check out uh of course neon brainiacs we got new episodes every wednesday uh wherever you get podcasts uh um, but depending on when this airs we're, we're deep in the middle of uh doing a bunch of christmas theme horror films uh that we're doing right now um and uh yeah, um, uh, my films, you could check them out. It's uh, bpofilms.com uh, or, you know, search Slaughter Drive or Suckfest on Amazon Prime. You can check those out. Uh, would be much appreciated if uh, if you purchased a copy or, uh, you know, just looked this up and and uh, ch- checked it out. And, uh, yeah, I believe our band Pummeled, uh, uh, Head to Wall Records, put out a tape for us uh about a two years ago a year two years um yeah two made two maybe two and a half i don't know time is meaningless yeah that there's still tapes available on uh head to walls site if uh you're curious about that streaming on Bandcamp and all the other streaming services so you guys are curious about that stuff uh yeah check it out hell yeah what about you greg anything you want to promote um yeah just uh you know check out the podcast um you know if you like 80s horror movies or, you know, uh, a couple of goofy guys doing dumb impressions uh, will probably be right up your alley. Yeah, check out Pummel. Check out Rabbit Pigs if you're into, like, fast stuff. Uh, hopefully, you know, some some more stuff will transpire out of both of those projects in the coming year. Well, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and chatting uh, horror movies and music and uh, breaking down your podcast a little bit for me. No problem, oh, dude, man. It's an honor. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was, uh, it was a blast. And as always, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back Tuesday as my guest will be the one and only Sean Mears, bass player for the band Gate Creeper and vocalist for the band Languish. Other than that, just make sure you go follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out Loudmouth Threads who did this awesome original podcast artwork and stay safe.